first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Zoe, and today we'll be having a very special show where we're going to be talking about films that have a lot of things in common because they're all inspired by true stories. They all invite us to reflect and turn struggles into virtues and celebrate humankind. Today we're going to be talking about Everybody's Talking About Jamie, My Name is Polly Murray, Come From Away, and 9-11 Inside the President's War Room. Right now, let's talk with Ishan about Everybody's Talking About Jamie. How are you, Ishan? Hi, Zoe. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. Well, everybody talking about Jamie is a drama. It's a comedy. It's a musical. And I thought it was beautiful. I left the theater in tears. My mascara was running. It was very (laughs) um, emotional. So tell me, I guess, what was your impression uh, of the film after you had finished watching it? It was amazing. I think it's just interesting that we don't have that many films that um, that cover this topic of, uh, you know, well, well, drag queens, first of all, there's a lot of TV shows, but not that many movies that, that cover this. But it's very interesting, the journey. Um, I'm not someone who knows too much about, um, I, I didn't know too much about drag culture before this, and it was interesting to watch for sure. Um, I have heard about the musical before, and I've heard it's uh, it's a beautiful musical, and certainly that uh, translates. I love the music; that's definitely the best part of the entire thing. And yeah, it was it was a great film overall. I think it it does, uh, of course, like uh, a lot of musicals do, um, suffer from this. Is they, they it kind of dips in the like middle or uh, near the end purely just because of the the way the the music is structured and the way the plot is structured. Um, but it's it's a it's a commendable film for uh, you know the director's first time on the silver screen, and uh, you know a great cast too. I totally agree with you, and I love that you mentioned that you didn't know much about drag before you had watched this. I think the movie is an eye opener for all, whether you are you know heavily involved in LGBTQ drag and all that, or if you're not, you know. Yeah. So- yeah, I thought the film visually stunning. The numbers and, uh, you know, the musicals, well, musical numbers, I guess, in this <laughs> film were beautiful. And just out of curiosity, was there a specific performance, musical-wise, that, like, really stood out to you or a song that you kind of thought was really catchy or beautiful that had, like, a great message behind it? I would say all of the songs have a message of some sort behind them. I loved the beginning of the film because it really had a lot of focus on who Jamie is as a person. And um, I feel like the songs were also kind of plot points uh, of their own in the film, um, kind of turning points for him as a character. And also, um, you know, they help move the story along, which is always great. Overall, I think um, as far as acting goes, um, Max Harwood steals the show. He's the main character, of course. but also, I liked uh, Richard E. Grant um, playing Hugo Battersby or Loco Chanel. His drag persona was um, it, it was it was a fun, interesting twist that they had. He's a, he's now a shopkeeper, but he used to be a drag queen. Interesting, um, and yeah, it was it was great. I think all the performances were were pretty awesome. Couldn't agree more. And yeah, you had said also that you you love the cast. I did too. Um, I thought Max Harwood was such a sweetheart. Like whenever I mm-hmm. had to him and in the film you can really see how pure he is um i also love that this was based on a true story and this was directed by jonathan butterill who is a um debut this is his debut as a Mm -hmm. film director so um, from that standpoint of like you know direct 
direction, not direction, that's not a word, but like, you know, <laughs> from like how everything was directed, how did you feel they presented, I guess, also like the story and to the audience? How do you think, did you like that? Did you think it was too complicated? How did you feel, if that makes sense about that? Sure, yeah. So he, um, I believe Betrell has also done the the musical version of uh, Everybody's Talking About Jamie on Broadway. Um, and I mean, it's it's obvious he knows how to capture emotion because that's, that's a lot of it is that's the point of um, a musical is to really accent emotion through songs, through plot points, through acting, of course. And I mean, I, I think he definitely does an amazing job, especially for handling such a you know uh, a massive production with the Amazon name behind it and everything. Um, some of the lighting, some of the camera angles, um, and some of the focus and things uh, was a little bit distracting from the main focus, especially in like some compelling points. It kind of distracted um, from the main from the main focus. But um, the music lifted that back up, and of course the performances were great. So that that kind of compensated for it. For sure, and yeah, no, I I think everything was presented beautifully and pretty organized. Yeah. Um, now, this film tackles a lot of subjects like diversity, acceptance, friendship, so on, and um, I, I think it's definitely an eye opener, not necessarily to change the perspective of those who aren't supportive, but it was really interesting to see how Jamie needed this validation from his father, who wasn't even supportive of him and his drag, and who quite frankly, didn't even want him. So for one of my final questions here, I guess, how do you think this film will impact those who are as supportive and how do you think it will make them reflect? Because I don't think it's to change their perspectives, but really to kind of give them uh, these subjects in a new light, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, just as a viewer, I've been so much, you know, I've, I've, I've been so much more educated just after watching the film. I've, I've learned so much more about the culture itself. Um, I, I, I can't speak for people who are against this or who are maybe not as supportive, but I, I, I would hope that, I mean, it's such a beautiful film. I would hope people are become more open and, and, and are uh, more accepting of it for sure. And I mean, just his, his journey, Jamie's journey into, you know, um, it's it's a it's a great coming of age story so i think people can anyway kind of empathize with it in in their own way even if you know at the age of 16 you didn't want to become a drag queen um there's a, a you know you have some other way of of growth in like between the ages of 12 and you know 19 that you've that you know that you evolve in a certain way and i think that's something that people can definitely empathize with and i think finding commonalities is important in terms of um reconciling differences and learning more about new topics for sure. I on like everything that you have stated so far, I couldn't agree with more. I do think audiences can emphasize and relate as well, even if like, for example, Jamie's best friend wasn't part of the LGBTQ, but she's trying to learn, mm -hmm. you know, she's always there. Um, thank you, Ishan. Always a pleasure talking to you. I hope to talk to you more uh, later on. Yeah, thanks so much, Zoe. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about, everybody's talking about Jamie. My name is Polly Marie, come from far away, and I'm 11 inside the President's War Room. And right now we're about to listen to my interview with the cast and crew of Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, I'm Zoe Canella reporting for Kids First today. I'm so excited to be talking to Jonathan Butterell, the new director of the film Everybody's Talking About Jamie, and the two main cast members, Max Harwood and Lauren Patel. Hope you enjoy. Baby, I'm ahead. Ladies and gentlemen. Hi, how are you guys? Yes, Huge congratulations on the film. When I saw it yesterday, I left the theater, mascara was running. <laughs> um, I love the film. 
And I'm sure it's truly, I mean, gratifying that this it's getting such an amazing response from the audience. So do you think this, you guys made it kind of for um, people to reflect and maybe for those who don't aren't supportive kind of see it, this the topics in a new light, I guess, um, as well as to entertain and make it a true story? Yeah, I think that's, firstly, that's exactly why I put my foot in and wanted to do the role, you know, this this story, although it um, tackles some like really important issues about, you know, accepting people for who they are and opening your hearts, you know. I want to be a drag queen. Oh my day. People's, people's experiences, you know, we all want audiences to go away and feel thoroughly entertained and feel joy. Um, you know, this is a story about, uh, although about a young gay kid, it's a, a story about someone, anyone, could be anyone who wants to step into their most authentic place, and that's a universal message, right? So, like, lots of people, hopefully, from Miami or um, other countries in the world can relate to that. Yeah, for sure. And Pretty is a very important character in this film as well. I think they have a great relationship with Jamie. So why do you think she's so important in the film? Why do you think they have such a good empathy for each other? Yeah, I think that when I saw her kind of on the page and in the show, I think that the thing that I loved about her is that I love that she she's so loyal to Jamie and she doesn't really understand a lot, well, not that half the time, but she, she asks questions and she listens because she cares about him. And I also think in terms of seeing her on screen, the, the thing that I love about her is that she doesn't necessarily have to be any of the things that make her quite a diverse character, like she doesn't have to be that vision on Muslim, like it's not a 2D, this is her character, she just happens to be and she happens to be a big if I don't say it enough, you're the best friend a boy who sometimes wants to be a girl could ever wish for. That's so sweet. I also thought it was so cool how she is a virgin. I mean, because I think with Gen Z, they all want to just grow up so fast, and that's okay. But I think that was truly important to show in the film. And do you guys think the same? That is that kind of why you included that? I guess to show that it's okay and it's a great value that she has as well. Well, it, it speaks to her values, you know, yeah. very much her values for who she sees herself as, and it's it's. You know, it's, it is something she's absolutely proud of. And, and why not? She's 16 years old and she's single, you know, and I think she's speaking to that. It was, it was very natural to her, you know, and, and also she was being teased in a very particular way, you know, and she responded to the, to the guy teasing her in that particular way with an affirmative. This is who I am and this is how I'm comfortable with myself. And for, me, for people to be able to say, this is who I am, this is my boundaries, and you're not going to cross them. He's a very clear, and she says it in a very, very straight way. And I, I like to think that she gets a bit of that growth from Jamie doing a similar thing earlier on when Dean calls it gay and he says, yeah, I am, I'm more. Yeah, that, yeah, totally. Definitely a power move. <laughs> also, yeah, you were also in heels and dancing and doing all these things. I'm sure that was quite the experience. And uh, yeah, I guess yeah, it was. It was. It was a crazy experience. I mean, I loved it. It was so so exciting. I'm a huge fan of drag and have been for a long time. So um, to get to work on this film and to do all of those things that I've you know been doing you know in my bedroom since I was a little kid and my sister's fancy dress well to just like really fun to get to do that on screen. Was it like challenging? Because I, I can't even walk in heels, and I'm a girl. <laughs> um, yeah, it was challenging, but I got to I got to do like two months of like preparation and like literally strengthening my ankles. And I trained in dance and musical theatre before, so I had I had some stamina and you know I'd done a bit of ballet and jazz, so I was on my toes a lot. So I think that helped me helped me a bit with heels. Of course. You.
just found yourself a mentor. Yeah, yes, please. And I love how everything was presented in the film. I think everything was very clear. Uh, I definitely connected with it in so many ways. So for all of you, what would you like to say to people who maybe don't want to watch this film because it is a queer movie, if that makes sense? Or like, what message do you want to tell them? Um, the central character is, is queer, but actually for me, the story is universal. It speaks to each and every one of us, no matter what generation you come from. Um, no matter where in the world you are, no matter really how you identify at all. And at the very centre of it is a lot of joy, you know, and I think that joy communicates. And hopefully not just a lot of joy, it's a lot of fun. So just, just on that very simple level that if you come, you'll be entertained. Thank you guys so much. I want to see the film again. I wish I could hug you guys. Uh -huh. uh -huh. and hugs. Besos. Thank you guys so much. Uh -huh. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to see all of you guys again. It's been a minute. Yeah, right? Let's take a break. I'm Zoe, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Merrick Security Solutions. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Zoe and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about everybody's talking about Jamie. My name is Polly Marie and next we'll be hearing Katie's interview from Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Thank you for joining me today, Mr. Grant. Oh, thank you. Please call me Richard. Okay. Um, what drew you to Hugo in the film Everyone's Talk About Jamie? Uh, I'd never done drag before. I'd never done a Sheffield accent before. I'd never sung or danced in a movie before. So all of those things filled me with terror and the thrill of doing something that was new, which at my age in my 60s is not something that happens very often. So I was, I grabbed the opportunity. <laughs> Hugo has such a big personality. In what ways do you relate to your character? Uh, entirely through the script. And I watched, Katie, I watched 11 series of RuPaul's Drag Race over three weeks. 
to try and get into, you know, the courage that it takes to be a drag queen. What message do you hope that people will take away from this film? Uh, inclusivity, tolerance and diversity. And that everybody wants to be loved no matter who or what they are. I love that message. Um, so Dean Thomas in the film isn't like a nice character. He's not very nice to Jamie or to anyone really. How would you deal with a person like that in real life? Um, how would you deal with him? Um, probably try to stand up to him or tell a teacher or something. I think so. Trying to stand up to them. Yeah. yeah. Bullying is unacceptable. How would you feel if you were in Jamie's shoes when he's like having the whole argument with Dean? Um, I think he shows great courage and I wish that I had that kind of courage in my own life. Do you have courage? Um, I would say so, yeah. Good. Um, in the film, it talks a lot about like what your drag name would be. Um, what, would, what do you think your drag queen name would be? Do you know what yours would be? Um, probably something to do with the word fabulous. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, Regina Grantatious. I actually love that. Um, what was your favourite song from the film? Uh, this is me. Yeah, I love that. And yours? Um, I really liked um, the title song everyone's talking about, Jamie. Yeah. It's great. Um, what is your favourite line that you said in the film? Katie, it was made two years ago. I have no idea. I can't remember anything. Can't remember. <laughs> no idea. Sorry. That's fine. I know you said the film was a while ago, but can you remember like any funny behind-the-scenes moments? Uh, yes, because once I was in drag with my wig on and my high heels... I was six foot eight, so I had to bend to get through every doorway, and I was almost double the height of everybody on the crew, and I loved that. It was fantastic. I felt like a giant. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today, Ma. Oh, um, thank you, congrats. Katie. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we've been talking about everybody's talking about Jamie. My name is Polly Murray, Come From Away, and 9-11 Inside the President's War Room. Right now we're going to continue Katie's interview with everybody's talking about Jamie. I'm Katie Francis. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Katie. Hi. Lovely to meet you. So my first question is for Mr. Fusserl. I just performed a number from the stage musical of Everybody's Talk About Jamie earlier this summer. And I just watched the film and I absolutely loved it, just to say. And um, so you were the original stage um, director of Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Yes. And this was your directorial debut. Tell me, what drew you to want to make this into a film? The story of a young 16-year-old boy who has the courage to say, this is who I want to be. And, and find that place in which he can be that and to watch the people around him in his community create a space in which he was able to do that in all his fabulous gloriousness. I love that. Um, Max, um, I am a huge musical theatre fan and I love all the music from this film. Do you have a favourite song? Oh yeah, well I'm a huge musical fan too. Um, my favourite song is probably The Wall in My Head. 
I just love it. Um, it's such a gorgeous song to sing and um, it was an amazing um, f- uh, scene to, fi- to film in the film because, I mean, you've seen it now, but um, especially like the standing on that wall looking out over to Sheffield was like such a moment and um, yeah, it I was such a lovely song. I, I love that song too. Um, Lauren, you play Pretty Pasha, Jamie's best friend. In what ways do you think you relate to your character in the film? I think that I very much was a goody two-shoes also at school. Very really? much. <laughs> Come on. Um, yeah, and I think that I relate to in that way. And I also think that um, in terms of the whole process that we went through of the film being very overwhelming and being able to do it all with Max and being able to be like, you're doing so well, keep going. And like Pretty does that a lot to Jamie and I definitely did that a lot to Max. Not that you needed it. I just thought... I did need, I I did I need it. I did need it, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> it was gorgeous to watch that. Okay, Mr. Butterell, this film was greatly affected by the pandemic last year, right? It was. So how did the change of studios from Disney to Amazon uh, like affect the production as a whole? didn't affect it at all. It just felt a very natural way of... When we came to Amazon, what was wonderful is the opportunity to share this story over 250 territories across the world instantly, you know. And it's it's time for this story to be in the world, I think. Particularly, as you said, we've come through this very strange time in which we've all been essentially locked inside our houses, some of us, just to stay safe. And it's the beginning. We can smell that there's a beginning of something new, that we're able to come together and celebrate together. And it just feels a wonderful opportunity that the world and the world gets to experience our little story from Sheffield, from a hometown in in the north of England, and share it with the whole world. Everywhere. Everywhere. It feels amazing. Um, Max, Jamie is some character. What drew you to Jamie in the film? Um, I think... um what drew me to it is because it, I, it was just an opportunity to do lots of things I hadn't done before. Obviously, I'd never done a film. Um, it's, for me, when I first saw the show and I first read the script, it, it was a an openly gay, um, out gay person that felt really three-dimensional and felt really, um, really true and really like a true representation of how I saw myself. And, you know, having someone who is openly queer leading a show and leading a film feels so awesome and so um that is one thing that drew me to it because i was like i i would love to be part of it and um it's just been the greatest honor to really have the opportunity to step into the role because it's you know some amazing people have paved the way and and you know the show is great and i was a huge fan of it lauren without giving anything away obviously um what would you say was your favorite line of the show the film um, I think there's one line where I get to say a word that I'm not usually allowed to say, and that was very fun to do. Anything <laughs> 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 away? But one of Pretty's one of Pretty's very special lines that kind of resonates all the, all the way through is, "Don't wait for permission to be you." Yeah, that's a lovely and, line, and all of the little beautiful scene. I feel like it's really nice. Yeah, really beautiful. We call Pretty Yoda. She's the wise <laughs> one. Yeah. You know. So she's, she's full of wisdom. She's full of one-liners. She'll be quoted in those, in those little books, you know, those books that you get of inspirational quotes. <laughs> There'll be little pretty quotes in the future. Thank you so much. 
Thank you Thank so, you so much. much. That was what song did you sing? You. Oh, um, I wrote from Spotlight. Oh, amazing. Oh, fab. Take care. Thanks. Lovely to meet you. Thank Lovely you. Let's take a break. I'm Zoe, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Merrick Security Solutions. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Zoe, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Right now, we're going to talk about My Name is Polly Marie. These are two fantastic films opening on September 17th on Amazon Prime that have a lot in common. Right now, I'm going to be talking with Galista and Ashley from my name is Polly Marie. Um, now, I did not know about Polly Marie like at all. And we live in her legacy, which I think is so mind blowing. Um, I still have not watched this, but Kalista, uh, I guess we can start off with you. After seeing this, I think it's a documentary, if I'm not mistaken. Um, how did you not feel, but like, did, did you kind of feel like this was almost an eye opener? And did you know about her or am I just living under a rock? Uh, well, first off, yes, this is a documentary about a woman named Polly Murray. And uh, I literally knew nothing about this woman before watching this film. No, it, I was saying it, it wasn't just me good. I felt like maybe other people knew who she was and I was just, <laughs> you know. Well, that is kind of a, a part of the film's like uh, meaning is that it's like, oh, this woman is so incredible, but like, you know, she's not really that well known. And so kind of the point of it is to sort of show off like, yeah, this woman is really incredible and should uh, be more well known about. So I guess that is kind of like the uh, the goal of the film is to spread her legacy more. But I would say that this was a very eye-opening experience because like it was interesting to learn about someone like Polly Murray who did so much in her life and, you know, like really like left a mark in history. 
Yeah, oh, for sure. Now we are talking about how amazing this woman is, but we haven't said what she's done. So Ashley, um, you kind of want to explain, I guess, who Polly Murray is and what they've done in their life uh, and so forth. Polly Murray has done a number of things. Um, one, um, many people are familiar with Rosa Parks and what she did. Um, but what people don't know is that I believe a decade before um or a few years before Rosa Parks refused to sit um, on the back of the segregated bus, Polly Murray did it first. Um, Thurgood Marshall, um, we know his story as well, with his ideals on um, him being the first um, African-American Supreme Court justice, his ideals were actually um, first from Polly Murray, but we never um, got to know about that. Um, her ideals on separate but not equal um, were um, her thoughts before those cases were ever brought to court as well. Um, she, she honestly, she's done so many things um, in our history that has been publicized just by other people. So um, just, just those things that I've stated are not scratching the surface of what she's done for this country. Yes, I also love that you mentioned the thing about Rosa Parks. Uh, I'll touch on that in a second. But yeah, mm -hmm. no, I think Polly Murray, um, she, well, I, I actually believe that they're non-binary, excuse me. Um, mm -hmm. They've done so much, and yet, like, she has, they haven't been served justice in today's society on what they've done. So now, touching again with the Rosa Parks thing, I love that you mentioned her name. Because during mm -hmm. Black uh, History Month, you know, when, in remembrance of, you know, Martha King Jr., uh, I feel like in schools, we're always taught about, you know, those iconic people. And obviously, mm -hmm. because they just changed so much, but so did Holly Murray. So, Karisa, mm -hmm. do you think that she should also be talked about in schools and really her name should be known more and that this is just the first step, like this documentary is the first step in kind of making her name more known? Absolutely. And, like, genuinely, I'm surprised she's not, like, more well-known because like they definitely deserve it like they've done so much and it's not just like as like um a woman's right activist or a civil rights activist or like an lgbt like activist it's just like genuinely like as a person they were clearly very intelligent and they clearly had a lot of passion for their work and they inspired so many people and they left such like a mark it's genuinely surprising that there's like so like little like public knowledge about them like I don't know anyone who knew about Polly Murray before this film yeah um absolutely like the things that this person has done is just tremendous and the other thing about documentaries is that I feel like depending on the documentary that you're watching I mean I'm sure we've all watched a documentary and you feel like you want to fall asleep halfway through but with this one since it's such an eye-opener I feel like it's captivating throughout the entire film and I know they combine uh footage with interviews and everything so Ashley as my final question I guess how did you like the setup or how everything was mashed together in this documentary and um I, I love that this is a different documentary than what we normally see so how did you kind of feel on that aspect yeah i agree with you zoe um some documentaries are very <laughs> mundane um but this film like you said was actually really interesting and an eye-opener like you said but um i 
actually like the setup of this film. Um, one thing that I did not um, enjoy was that since well, since it is a film about someone's life who has unfortunately passed away, there's a lot of, um, you know, like images and videos and evidence of, of what she's done in, in audio. Obviously, there's a lot of those videos, which sometimes got a little bit, um, you know, repetitive over time. But other than that, it was a film that I could actually watch that I really enjoyed because it's just the fact that Polly Murray had so much that she just stored away about her life, about who she was, the recordings that she did, the videos that she took that we were able to see and that they compiled in this documentary. It was just really beautiful. So I definitely love the format of this film. That's great to hear. I totally understand where you're coming from with the repetitivity because I think, um, you know, in types of films like this, they really want to get in your head the message that this yeah. person is phenomenal. And so it's very common to see that happen. And I totally understand where you're coming from. Thank you, Carlita. Thank you, Ashley. I love talking to you both. And I will definitely be checking this out because now I'm even more invested than I was in the beginning. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about everybody's talking about Jamie. My name is Polly Marie. Come from far away and 9-11 inside the president's war room. And right now we're going to be hearing Ashley's interview with the cast and crew of this documentary. My name is Polly Murray. Hi, guys. I'm Ashley Clyde reporting for Kids First. And joining us today are Betsy West and Julie Cohen. They're the directors and writers of the upcoming documentary. My name is Polly Murray, releasing October 1st. 2021 on Amazon Prime. Miss West and Miss Cohen are both award-winning filmmakers, and I'm very excited to talk with you guys today. How are you? We're great, great Ashley. <laughs> Good to see you. Great. So first of all, I'm very curious to know how you guys stumbled upon Polly Murray's work. We had done a documentary about Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, RBG, and it was Justice Ginsburg who first led us to Polly Murray uh, in the early 1970s. RBG put Polly Murray's name on the cover of the brief that she was writing uh, for the Supreme Court, arguing for women's rights. The reason that she did that was not that Polly had written the brief, but that it was Polly's ideas that were helping inform Ruth Bader Ginsburg's argument that women should be treated equally with men, or that all genders should be treated equally. So after that Film, we started looking into Polly Murray and we discovered that Polly's story just spanned so much more than just women's rights. And we thought, well, Polly's worth a documentary. Let's go for it. That's awesome. So I did in my freshman year of high school, I did a lot of research on historical figures that we were not taught in our classrooms, and I've never come across Polly Murray. So I'm really curious on your research process during and also before uh, directing this film. So our research process, as, as Betsy says, once we became aware of uh, Polly Murray, we started looking more into Polly's contributions um, on a, in a variety of fields. But then the question you ask when you're a filmmaker is like, do we have the material where we could tell this story? Um, obviously, you could write a book. Some wonderful books have been written by and about Polly Murray, but is there the stuff that you need to, to make a film? So we started doing research, and very fortunately for us, and not at all coincidentally, there was quite an extensive archive of Polly's materials that were saved at uh, the Schlesinger Library at Harvard. 
the reason those exist is that Pauli Murray understood that even if history wasn't necessarily at the time ready for Pauli, Pauli wanted to be there and ready when society wanted to hear the story. So Pauli had collected, you know, legal writings, diaries, notes, audio tapes, and even some videotapes, photographs, like this extensive, beautiful connect collection, really just waiting for future researchers and filmmakers to put this magnificent story together. Well, that's awesome. So you did mention that um, a lot of, well, in the film, it consistently mentions that uh, Polly Murray was ahead of her time, which I find in a way, a little odd because we were ready for Thurgood Marshall, but we weren't ready for Polly Murray. We were ready for Rosa Parks, but we weren't ready for Polly Murray. So I'm curious to know, let's say, in fact, the world was ready for Polly Murray and her ideals. What would society look like then and what would it look like now? Yeah, it's a, a good question. If we uh, if if people were listening to Polly early on, I mean, it was in 1940 that Polly refused to go to the back of a bus, which is two decades before Rosa Parks. And uh, Thurgood Marshall actually was involved in that case, uh, which was dismissed and didn't become like a test case for discrimination, which is what Polly kind of hoped for. Uh, similarly, Polly uh, got a group of students at Howard together and they managed to desegregate a a cafe near the campus, which was was whites only. That was like 1943, again, several decades before the um, civil rights sit-ins that we all know about. So we might be, what, two decades ahead of ourselves? On the other hand, you, you know, these things take time and certainly uh, Holly's ideas did inform Thurgood Marshall in Brown v. Board of Education her ideas about separate but equal just being a total misnomer. You can't have separate and equal. It, it just doesn't exist. And that was an idea that was pretty radical when when Polly suggested it in in, in uh, her law class in uh, you know the early 40s, and people were laughing at it. And then we have Brown v. Board of Education in 55. So. Polly did have a, a major impact to help with the founding of the National Organization for Women, contributed to RBG's arguments, uh, became the first female-identified Episcopal priest in the 1970s, on and on, was always at the forefront. Yeah, and that's incredible that you touched on all of her accomplishments, or at least some, because she's just incredible. So I was wondering why there's no sign of Polly Murray in my own education. Why I haven't learned about Polly Murray? Well, uh, you know, I think I, th I I'm think we're thinking and hoping that that's something that's about to change. I mean, you know, we are in the process right now as a as a country of kind of rethinking the way that we teach our own history, and Polly Murray's story is such a great example of that. And you know, it's our hope that this film is kind of part of the movement to correct those wrongs of the past. And that, you know, the next time, I mean, all of the te textbooks that we read in social studies class are written and re-edited uh, re re and republished every few years. Like in the next round, maybe someone should go in and, and, and add Polly's story. And obviously Polly's story isn't the only story that needs to be, that needs to be added. Like, let's stop thinking of, our history as being like just 
the guys whose faces are on our dollar bills and, um, you know, look at the behind the scenes, often much more important contributors to our history. Yeah, definitely. And I plan on, if I have the opportunity, to definitely put Polly Murray's story in, in anyone's head and anyone's mind. And I think that this film will definitely do that. So my last question for you all is, what is the message that you want your audience to really take away from this film? You know, I think you can't learn about Polly's story without feeling a little humble yourself and, and admiring the tenacity and the optimism that drove Polly Murray when a door would close, you know, no, you can't come to this school because you're black. No, you can't come to this school because you're a woman. Uh, Polly always found a way around and um, really refused to be victimized by it. She was, Polly was angry. <laughs> Polly pushed against these barriers and yet always found a way around. And I, I think that's very inspiring. Yeah, I really do too, especially for me. So I, I really thank you guys so much and I really enjoyed the film. So thank you for talking with me. Hey, thank you for watching it and thanks for interviewing us. Yeah, it was terrific. Thank you. Let's take a break. I'm Zoe and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's sponsor is Merrick Security Solutions. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Zoe, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we've been talking about Everybody's Talking About Jamie, and my name is Polly Murray. Two fantastic opening films that come out on September 17th on Amazon Prime that have a lot in common. And now we're going to be talking to Avalon on Come From Away. 
I know Come From Away is a musical about 7,000 passengers, I believe, that were stranded right after the 9-11 attacks. And we all know what happened on 9-11. It is something that has, I guess, kind of formed, um, you know, more awareness and, you know, definitely tightened airport security. But I thought it was interesting how this is a musical and I have not seen it yet. So can you kind of explain um, what this is about? Uh, yeah, so it's a... Uh... There's like 38 planes that all get diverted because of what happened to uh, Newfoundland. And then, like you said, the 7,000 passengers are all stuck there. So this like this little island has to care for like about like almost half, like almost double their population. So they're like trying to care for them while they're stuck there because they don't know when the, they're going to be able to leave. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, I was kind of confused on the whole music because I mean, 9-11 was a tragedy, obviously, and a musical is definitely something that could be very sad. I mean, there are like sad musicals out there, but you know, for the most part, it's upbeat and happy and about songs and stuff. And um, I think that this is actually really cool that now I kind of understand more. Because in 9-11, we talk about, you know, like the one plane hinting the Pentagons and the other two planes going to the North and South Towers and causing destruction in New York. But I guess we don't really see what happens to everyone else because it affected not only New York, but pretty much all of the United States, you know? So I guess, how did you, do you think that this kind of, how do I word this? Um, I, do you think it's good that we're still talking about it? And after, even though it was like back in 2001 and that we are now seeing effects that happen to, uh, to other people? Yeah, I think it's uh, definitely good that we're like looking at the different perspectives. This came out like the day before like, the 20th anniversary of like 9-11. So like, I guess it's just because they were like remembering that and like seeing different perspectives since most of the time you only see like the one or two sides, but there's really many more than that. Yeah, there's so many other perspectives and it's so uh, universal, I guess, to talk about. And how was like the numbers and like the songs and you know, the musical, I guess, part of the film? How did that kind of tie in with like the sadness and the tragic effects that 9-11 caused? Yeah, so uh, the songs, they were really good. They were kind of like portraying the story, like instead of talking, they did talk sometimes. But for the most part, it was like the story was going through songs which I guess engages the audience more. So they like to do it that way. So a lot of the story was just conveyed through the songs to engage the audience and to make them like learn about the effects of 9-11. Yeah, I know like this was a horrible tourist attack and I guess it's cool to see it, this um, event in history, I guess in a new light. Um, so I guess what messages did you take from this and what new information have you gained after seeing this musical kind of documentary moment going on? Oh yeah, so uh, some of the messages were just that you can make the best of any situation because that's what like the people in Newfoundland did. They tried to like welcome the plain people as they called them. And then uh, it also like you when you can help others, like just try to help because uh, there was like, like there was like, there was this like the stores and stuff and the people, they were all like donating things to help like people were stuck here so that they could feel at home as possible as you can feel in like foreign country because it was in Canada and a lot of people were from the U.S. So it's like a foreign country. 
Yeah. And I love that you said to help others because I feel in moments of terror like this and things that are scary, um, not, not that we're thinking about ourselves, but like helping others should also be a priority because we are all a family. And I think what 9-11 or like the tourist attacks, what they've shown us is that we can grow together as a nation and be stronger, you know? So what would you rate this film? And for what ages, I guess, would you recommend knowing that this is a topic that is very commonly talked about? Oh uh, yeah, I would give this five out of five because I really love this musical. And then uh, also I said for ages about uh, 12 to 18 plus adults. So yeah, I just thought that was. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Avalon. It was a pleasure talking to you. You too. All right. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and today we've been talking about everybody's talking about Jamie. My name is Polly Marie, come from away, and right now we're going to start talking with Ishan on from 9-11 inside the President's War Room. Hey, Ishan, nice to talk to you again. (laughs) Hi again, Zoe. So I know absolutely nothing about this. I know, once again, 9-11 is something that I think I've been learning about since earliest probably third grade and i as of now i'm in eighth and i'm still gaining so much new information and learning about this time so kind of tell me what is this about and how or what did you like what did you dislike what do you think about this so so you're talking about different kinds of uh, documentaries earlier you're saying some of them will put you to sleep some of them will will keep you attentive also there's also a pretty broad category which is they try to get you inside the room Um, And very, very few of those actually do that well. And this is one of the few documentaries that actually does a really great job of putting you minute by minute, hour by hour, in the president's shoes and in his, for example, the Department of Defense's shoes and all these people who were there, you know, either at Ground Zero in D.C. or, I mean, the president was flying around the country. He was, you know... Uh, in the morning, he was in Florida speaking to an elementary school, and then he had um, gotten on a plane because they said, you know, the safest place for you to be is in the air. He's flying around the country, uh, you know, lands in Nebraska, hides out there in a bunker, and then has to get back on the plane, flies around the country, goes back to D.C. after that. But it's 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 insane. And it just shows you all the crazy things that were going on inside people's minds on that day. And it's a very intriguing look into exactly how the U.S. government and um even the people of the U.S. really dealt with that day. I mean, for us, we weren't alive on 9-11-2001, so we didn't uh, experience it firsthand. So it's certainly very, um, it's eye-opening for sure, just to, just to experience that and look at that. Oh my, that was a lot of information <laughs> that they had to cram into a documentary. And um, you know, I, I love what you just said. I think, I mean, I obviously, I was born in 2008, not 2001, but... I love how we've come so far from that period in time and it's still something that's relevant, something that's talked about, something that will probably never be forgotten ever, you know, and it's beautiful to learn about and continue learning new information, even though I've been learning about this topic for such a long time is great. And there, once again, are so many documentaries and has, like you said, (laughs) they keep you attentive, some don't. And do you think that this documentary is different because we kind of see what the president was going through because everyone was, you know, scared. And then you imagine how the president has to like deal with all of that. So do you think that's why this one stands out and is different? 
I think it's really just the way the storytelling is structured. It's not just the president um, who's being followed. It's uh, it's actually a twin narrative. So it's the president's actions, thoughts, movements. And also it talks about the developing situation at Ground Zero um, in New York City. And that's very interesting also because you get to see like live reactions. They use archival footage um, and they actually have stage interviews and everything like that. Like um, President George W. Bush was interviewed for the film and he has like this really like strong, impeccable memory of the day. Um, he can go minute by minute and say exactly what happened because I'm sure, I mean, it sticks out even in like, you know, everyone's minds. If they were in the U.S. in 2001 or you know, even worldwide, you can probably, you know, say exactly where you were when you heard that, you know, planes have flown into the World Trade Center. Yeah, that's so fascinating. And um, I think, I mean, I've talked to so many adults about 9-11 and I, like you just said, they all have told me like, oh, I remember exactly where I was and what I was doing whenever I heard, because it just was so tragic. And um, this documentary is very detailed, um, obviously, and precise. Oh, yeah. So. I guess, what did you learn about September 11th that you hadn't heard before? Or what was something that you took away from this documentary that will resonate with you when you talk about September 11th, you know, in school or with your friends? There's so many things. I mean, there are so many people involved um, as well. The Department of Defense was so deeply intertwined with everything. We don't get to see the faces um, behind the uh, behind government structures very uh, very often. Um, we don't get to see, for example, the president's aides don't speak too often. Um, uh, you get to see a lot of perspectives, hear a lot of perspectives of people who you don't normally hear from. But I think even above that, the biggest message, um, and I love this quote so much, it's um, by Sandy Dahl. She was the um, wife of the flight 93 uh, pilot and the plane which was hijacked and uh, she said if we learn nothing else from this tragedy we learned that life is short and there's no time for hate and i think those are the two biggest morals really of the entire film which is that you know we can we can lose everything in, in a fleeting moment and that's that's a historic turn of events and there is really no time for hate and uh we we need to unite and that's when we get things done and um we we maintain peace which is what we want we want to preserve life uh not take it absolutely that quote was beautiful and it's kind of sad to know people who were there on september 11th and like you know around new york to this day are facing consequences for that and so many people have developed you know, cancer and are still suffering, you know, lung problems and stuff, even though this was such a long time ago. Um, but thank you, Ishan, for talking to me with me about um, the President's Forum. It's now streaming on Apple TV and Netflix if you want to go watch it, everyone. Um, thank you once again. Thanks, Zoe. Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, apps, and music, to learn more how you can join our Kids First film critic team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kidsville News and more. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality on Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. And today's show is sponsored by, by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by Merrick Security for Solutions. Thank you all so much for listening. I'm Zoe. I'm in Miami right now. And I hope to see you in the next one. Bye, everyone.
Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.